LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Hey, Scott. Hey, Maddie. What's your favourite regional town? <laughs> favourite? Well, we, we are going to be talking about regional ministry with uh, with Pete in a moment. And straight away, I went to Crescent Head, which I don't know if people think, is that a regional town? I mean, it's right on the coast, but excellent pie shop, mm. great country club, and awesome surf club. And the surf club's been done up recently. Uh, it's right on the point. And then, again, amazing waves, amazing okay. place. But I used to go there with a mate of mine whose um, grandmother lived up there in Crescent Head. And, uh, and so, uh, you know. Free accommodation. Free accommodation. <laughs> but it, it kind of has everything. What about yourself? Pretty good. Look, I haven't been to Tamworth, but I really want to go to the Country Music Festival. <laughs> and I just can't find a friend who's that interested in the country music. golden guitar as well. Well, yeah. we have got a number of consults happening in, uh, oh. in Tamworth this year. There's about four or five Can we line it up, up with the, the we, Maybe. I don't know if that's a good time to go and visit a church during the middle of a, a big festival. Big Hard to get accommodation. Ah, I am too. Captain, what a great song. Now, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. So if you are wanting help in that regard, reach out to us at reachaustralia.com.au. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Regional Ministry. Today we have Peter Blanche joining us again. Hi, Maddie. Good to have you. Uh, so you're the senior minister at Wagga Wagga Evangelical and you planted in 2007? That's correct. Yep. Great. And it's grown over to 125 adults on a Sunday, 85 kids. That's Lots of kids. Together. Lots of kids. That is a lot of kids. Uh, so regional pastors have always done it pretty tough in Australia. Uh, Wagga Wagga isn't the smallest regional town, but it's also not a big city, more of a regional centre. What's special or distinct about ministering in Wagga compared to a big city? It's a great question, Maddie. Let me start with what's not special. Okay. Before we get to what's special, um, well, people are people no matter where they live. Yeah. And so people are sinners. And so there are sinners in, in every country town, every regional centre. Uh, and so that's not special. And, that, that, and, and the gospel also doesn't change, does it? Uh, but having said that, there are, there, are, there are distinctives and things that are special about it. My reflection on it, one of the things that is distinctive and, and, and is excellent is, uh, deep breath, is access to men. Not yeah. just access to men, but access to, to people in general, but particularly to men. Often in, uh, in city situations, people are commuting long ways to work, long, massively long hours. Um, even if you live 10Ks from work, you can often be an hour to get there on public transport or something like that. But in the country, there is a lack of commuting which actually increases people's availability. Um, that has been excellent. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's quite important because um, obviously um, we want, we want our, everyone who's a disciple to be getting ever deeper in their discipleship. Uh, but, but having greater access to men who lead their families if they're married is, is a, significant, um, a significant distinctive, I think, of country ministry, regional ministry that that kind of access can lead great impacts, not just for the health of, uh, of the local church, but also for the health of all the, f- the families that are within that local church. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've loved that. Uh, that, that, that that's a distinctive. 
Uh, another interesting distinctive, though, is you're a little bit... I hope our country people listening don't mind me saying this. You are a little bit downstream of culture. So often culture... Well, I think very readily culture is uh, changing. It, well, in our day and age, it changes so rapidly. Mm. But it's often changing rapid. Well, the cities are the centre of that. Um, and in some ways, Australia as a nation can, can be a little bit behind culture as well as a, as a nation. Um, but in the digital age, do things move quickly. But being a little bit behind or downstream of the culture changes just gives our pastors, our church leadership groups, a little bit more time to react to changes that they can see in advance coming because they've already happened in the cities. Yeah. And one of the real benefits of that is that uh, so, so many of our brothers and sisters in the, in the cities, as they grapple with these issues, have grappled really well with them in, 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 in our churches. And, uh, and, and hearing how they are dealing with it before it reaches our town, that, that, that's a real, a real help and a real, a real benefit. Um, another distinctive, though, is just the, uh, just the relational, the country town, the whole reality of country hospitality. It's, it's true. It's real. Mm. Uh, uh, and that, that's just lovely. Um, a distinctive in this way, though, is just going shopping. So when I was in Wagga and, uh, and going shopping, you always had to leave an extra, at least an extra 20 minutes to go shopping because in a smaller centre, even in a centre, Wagga's got a, a reasonable, you know, it's a reasonable sized town with over 60,000 people, but still you'd always at least meet one person that you know when you yeah. go shopping. And there's great, I mean, there's great joy in that. And, um, and, and uh, it, that kind of incidental ministry opportunity is real. But you do have to, you know, watch your diary manage your time because you're going to lose some of it just just by going shopping at that point. Um, uh, regional churches, I'm assuming they're not all exactly the same. What are the different types of regional churches you might find? There are. It, in some ways, it's following following the demographics and the populations. You do have regional centres and say, uh, Maddie, you love Tamworth. I think Tamworth is a great city as well. I've got yeah. good, very good friends there. Yeah. Maybe I'll get to go on the, the consult for that one as well. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but you do have regional centres like that. And Wagga's another one. You've got Orange. You've got Dubbo. You, mm. you, Ballarat, Bendigo, Victoria's. Victoria's yep. got loads Victoria's, of uh, that's, that's big right. country towns. That's right. Yep, shouldn't be just. And then Perth, uh, Perth, you know, all the way down that sort of south coast, all the way down to Margaret River, you've got you know Bustleton and Albany. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know if you're from WA or not by how you say that one. Yep. Yeah. And then all the way, I mean Queensland. I find Queensland really interesting. It's got the really big centres. You know, the 120 like Townsville, Cairns, Rocky. Yeah. They're all quite. I like Cairns. Quite large. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Uh, you know, Mount Gambier in um, in South, South Australia, Australia and others as well. Um, is Lord can we say Launceston, or will they be a bit disappointed? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard, but anyway, but there's that centre. You do have these regional centres, and, and and they often are hubs for the whole region. Mm. And I think the churches there need to bear significant responsibilities, not just for the city that they're trying to reach, but they need to think of the kind of the region that they live in. And so the different kind of churches you'll have, well, you'll have, you'll have churches in regional centres, but you'll also have significant towns around those regional centres. And then beyond those significant towns, you'll have what we might call little, uh, little villages maybe or, or hamlets, depending on, on what language you want to use there. But I really think that... So, and each place will have its own kind of church and its own kind of flavour because of the size and population of those towns. One of the things that we're finding, though, in, these, in, in, in regional ministry is that while the regional centres have 
a reasonable amount of attraction for for churches to be there. There's often multiple churches, multiple denominations, uh, often and hopefully more than one solid church in that town. Um, but when you move to the smaller places, uh, often they there's probably only one good church in town, if any, mm. and often they're very difficult to 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 have uh, paid pastors in. Even if the church has the money to pay the pastor, often finding someone to be a pastor in that church is difficult. And this is why I'm saying the regional centre churches really do need to have the maturity to look beyond themselves, to see themselves as a centre, as a training hub, as a resource for the wider region. And they, they, they need to think that way, not just in terms of denominations, but they, they, it may be that you're a, um, you're a solid church and you're Presbyterian, but but down the road, there's a, in a, in a, you're in a regional centre, but down the, down the road, half an hour, there's a smaller town and, and its Baptist church is strong, but they're struggling with leadership development, they're struggling with uh, how to reach the city, they're, they're struggling with some resources. We need those churches, those regional centre churches, need to, need to be places that resource the ministry mm. townships around them. It's very important. Mm. Now, Pete, you've, you've recently shared on the podcast your sort of personal reflections from ministering during these last two years during mm. COVID. Can you give us just some um, particular issues faced by regional pastors these last two years? Yes. Re- regional, regional pastors are isolated just by geography. And certainly uh, in the last two years, that isolation has increased. Uh, some of us would have even been um, able to travel and to see each other, uh, you know, meet halfway in a town somewhere. That's that's probably been curtailed as well. But that 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 certainly for pastors and and church leadership teams that that isolation has increased because of COVID. Uh, I think where we've seen particular difficulties in our border towns, uh, certainly, um, and and I'm talking it's not just border towns; it's border cities as well. But certainly where there have been I, I've, I've, I've been in Wagga Wagga and, it's, and being on top of the New South Wales health legislation for all the decisions we need to make. That in and of itself was hectic enough. But if you're on a border town and you straddle two states and those two states have differing rules mm. and you've got half your church family in one state and another half in, a, in the other state and then you've got to be on top of two different, two different state governments as rules around the various things that you can and can't do gee that is complex <laughs> and i really think uh, some of our regional centers have have and, and often border towns are, are regional centers and they really have that's that's been a real headache for them and i imagine their fatigue levels are probably higher than the average regional center uh, what have you changed your mind about since planting the church what did you not realize but you wish you had in hindsight now i wish i'd paid more attention to leadership when I, I was young and I planted when I was young and of course there is plenty of energy and zeal mm. and that was that was excellent and it's important to keep working at that through your through your whole Christian life um, but and so we just went hard at all sorts of things and we ran all sorts of good good stuff and we taught really well and we, we, we and I think things partly grew because of the energy that we brought to it mm. and that gospel zeal to see the word go out but I do look back now and go, gee, if I'd paid more attention to leadership and particularly to uh, the, how, how church is much more like an organism with, and it's, it, it's like an ecosystem is the words we'd use here at Reach Australia. 
Uh, there are all sorts of systems things that you need to think through. And if I'd thought through leadership and in particular church systems, I think the footprint we could have had, the gospel footprint we could have had would have been much larger mm. because we were just... Yeah, like you know, it's like all the young people are often, isn't it? When I when I was planting, when you when you're young, you just go at it with all your energy, not necessarily directing all that energy in the in the best possible way, and so you can self sabotage, and not grow and not reach as many people as you would, because you're just throwing energy at things rather than necessarily going, gee, could we get more traction if we systematized this, organized this better, delegated to more people rather than just do the, do it yourself. But paying attention to leadership while you've still got the gospel convictions in place, but paying attention to leadership, yeah. I wish I'd done that far more. Some people say uh, the Reach Australia sort of model of ministry only works in city churches or only works for big church. How would you respond to that? Oh, it's crazy thinking, Scott. <laughs> Absolutely crazy thinking. Um, and that's if I go back to where I started again, there is so much in similar there's so much more similarities between regional and cities than often we make out. Mm. People are still sinners, the gospel is still the gospel. And so the similarities means means that the uh, the model, the framework for that Reach Australia brings is highly applicable no matter what size your church, no matter where it is located. Uh, we want all our churches, no matter how you, you think about it, of course we want people to be deeper in the Word of God. We certainly want to see people you know, uh, connected deeply into the fellowship of a, of, of a, of a church ministry and, a, and the community of that. We want people on mission. We want people to love God deeply. We want people to, to serve Him as well as they can. You want that no matter what church family you lead. Mm. We want ever deeper disciples in ever-increasing numbers. And that is what Reach Australia is on about, no matter if you're a country town and leading a church of 20 or 30, or if you're, if you're listening and you're leading a church of a 1,000 or more. Uh, this kind of deep thinking into all of those areas where you want your church to thrive, that is what Reach Australia is on about. And no matter what size it is, we, the help you can get to to think more carefully into that space and bring not just your gospel convictions to it, but actually increase your leadership capacity so that you've got a larger gospel footprint. Gee, we'd love to see that no matter where, where you're from. So you've left Wagga Wagga Evangelical and you handed the ministry on to Tim Flint. Yeah. Uh, and he's a local and he became a Christian in the church. Sounds like a great story. Can you tell us yeah. more about it? Yeah, that was a that, that's that's a real highlight of my time in in Wagga. Well, one of we had many many highlights, but but yeah, Tim came to our church and he was uh, I guess de church is probably the way I'd say it. Mm. He had kind of gone to church growing up, but he, he certainly wasn't a believer. And uh, he came along. He was one of our early converts. Actually, it reminded me actually one of the great things about country ministry is we we saw a guy before that. Uh, his name was Peter. He got converted, and then. Often the new people who get converted have great, uh, have such a web of friendships. Tim was in his web of friendships. He invited Tim along. Uh, Tim and Tiana, his wife, they, they came along. And, and for the first time, well, they probably heard the gospel proclaimed to them before, but it, all of a sudden it made, it, it made sense to them. Mm. And uh, we, put, you know, we, we, brought the, we brought the good news of repentance and faith to them. Tim got converted. He got keen as we tried to do, make him ever deeper in the word. And he, he, as he grew in the word, uh, he eventually got to the point where he thought, I really I, I need to consider gospel ministry. He came and did MTS with us for a couple of years. 
finished MTS and went off to Bible college. And at the end of that, I invited him to come back on staff. Uh, that was very exciting. And, yeah. and one of the great things about that kind of process from seeing someone come to church who's not a believer, seeing them converted, then seeing them trained, and then come back as a pastor, it just means he's a genuine local for that town. And he's, he's, I could have lived in Wagga for 50 years and still not have known Wagga as well as Tim and Tiana do because they grew up there and they went to school there and they played their sporting clubs there and they worked there and they did their study there. And, and their webs into the community, when you see a local converted like that, their web into the community is massive. Yeah. And so it's really exciting to see Tim come back, not just come back on staff, but now he's been appointed the senior pastor. As he leads the church for mission, his own personal mission contacts are large. And the more locals we see converted, I, I, I think the better it will be for the kingdom in Wagga. And so it's particularly exciting to see him, yeah. him come and grow. And we're certainly praying that he and, he and Tiana and the rest of the team down there, down there at Wagga will, will flourish and, 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 well, and see the conversion of many lost people in that city. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely homegrown. Mm. Uh, what's the one thing you want to say about regional ministry? Never lose sight of, of mission and reaching lost people. Like the cities, there are just thousands upon thousands of people not at all ready to meet Jesus. And people and pastors in, in, in regional centres and in, in country towns, in, in little villages, they ought not to feel like they're at the bottom of the pile in Christianity in Australia. They need to be full of vigour. They need to be full of energy. They need to be full of conviction and they need to be full of mission for their town and their region. Mm -hmm. And the one thing they need to, to not lose sight of is that Jesus, well, Jesus is king, he will build his church, and you need to do whatever you can as Christ's slave to do that. Yeah. Scott, what's in the toolbox? Well, uh, we've got a regional pastors development program uh, kicking off, and I'm really pleased to say we've got 12 pastors in that. So it's uh, it's pretty much full. So. Next year, 2023, we'll be uh, launching another uh, cohort in program for regional pastors. I'll put a link in the show notes to the REACH Australia framework. Uh, as I said, it's a framework principles applicable for every size uh, and every location around Australia. And then I'll just put a link in the show notes as well to um, a couple of episodes on regional church planting and country evangelism. They're a while ago, so episodes 29 and episodes 32, so early days. Um, but really worthwhile checking those things out. We'd love to have you join us at the REACH Australia National Conference, 16th to the 19th of May. Uh, we understand there's a little uncertainty with COVID at the moment, but we are moving ahead. And so we'd love to have you there. Be sure to register uh, soon so that you can get the early bird pricing. Go to reachaustralia.com.au to register. I'm Madeline Galea. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.